What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. It's your host here, Monster DeFace, bringing you guys another weekly installment of your favorite Fortnite podcast. This week, as you see in the header, we have a lot to talk about. There are going to be some overlaying topics from last weekend's Practice Makes Perfect podcast, especially as we start to really hone in on the epic layoffs and what does it mean for Fortnite in particular. And then we lead into some new folks that have actually left Epic Games um, as of this week. So a lot of changes happening on the landscape right now. It's not just big layoffs. There are people of what I would call key positions also potentially walking away from the company, which can mean a lot for the game. And we're going to speculate. We're going to talk about what that can mean for us. And then, of course, we're going to gear into the FNCS. With that, I want to thank you guys for downloading this episode. As usual, tuning in with us week to week. We appreciate y'all's support. And, of course, taking the time to listen along with us. So let's jump right into it. We have this week, Panda, actually joining the podcast back here. I think he missed the last <laughs> Fortnite podcast. I'm not sure what he was up to. If I remember correctly, Panda, were you uh, were you on the other side of North Carolina? Okay, so just real quick, this is what happened. I bought a TV, right, and had to go uh, take care of the bill for the TV. Uh, I went over to go take care of the bill. I have an electric vehicle and I didn't manage the miles correctly. And I was, I was going to be short miles coming back. So I had to stop somewhere and charge. And the first three chargers I hit were not working. Oh my God. It was, it was a whole mess, but otherwise I would have been, I, I still should have been back with plenty of time to be in the episode, but no, it, uh, the chargers kind of, uh, messed so, me up a little bit, quick, but I'm glad to be back. I got a, I got a quick question. This could be a hot take uh mm. gas vehicle or electric vehicle now that you've had one i've never owned uh, an electric vehicle electric vehicle all the way dude i can literally bring it home plug it in, into my garage the next day i have a full charge it costs me three to five dollars to charge it every single time like okay okay i'm just i'm just curious cheaper like just cu yeah just curious you know so i would hate convenient. to be stuck somewhere yeah i was gonna you say you literally okay. just said why it okay. wasn't convenient. that was that was my negligence that caused that though uh, okay imagine you could I just didn't go to like a gas station and go get some gas and then go home anywhere yeah yeah but like think about this right like emily drives a gas vehicle still and she pays like 400 bucks a month in gas because she drives a lot right I pay for a total month in in electric fifty bucks. Dang. All right. Well, hey guys, if you've uh, you've been considering it, just be warned. You could be stuck somewhere with no gas or no electric. I'm, I'm just more surprised that you can't supplement the two. But anyways, neither here nor there. Welcome back, man. Great to have you this week to uh, to talk about everything that's happening here. SBG, you jumped in there. I mean, clearly, uh, Panda's got his convenience, uh, you know, ticker all all flipped upside down, but it's okay. We still love him. Yeah, no, no doubt. I'm welcome back, Panda. Sorry to start this off like this. Hopefully, this is not a uh, thing to come for the rest of this podcast where this is attacked. all contentious. But I, I think we'll be good. Now we're good. The only people attacked on this podcast are the epic folks who have been laid off, unfortunately. Um, and we get to, uh, yeah, we get to jump in a little bit about that. Panda, take me through it. Um, like I yep. said, we, we briefly touched on the fact that 900 employees were let go. I believe that was close to, it wasn't 30%, right? It was like 15, 16, 16%. 16%. Yeah. It's still a substantial amount. And it also gives you the scope, right. Of, of how many employees are in the Epic ecosystem, just, uh, internationally. Yeah. So 
to give some context, right, uh, to the audience at home that may not know or may not know all the details, uh, 16% of the company was laid off, uh, close to 900 employees. If you do the math, um, on average, salaries at Epic are on the higher side. So I would say, on average, $100,000 per person with benefits and everything galore, right? So 900 employees, 100,000 per employee, that's $90 million, right? $90 million in overhead per year in salaries and benefits alone. Now, mind you, think about this. That's only 16% of the workforce. So $90 million to uh, just for 16% is insane overhead for a company. So um, I'm not surprised to see the layoffs. It sucks to see some of the people that did get laid off. A lot of really good people got laid off. Um, but I imagine most of them will, will land on their feet pretty well because they are extremely talented. Um, but nevertheless, it does look like it was kind of destined for that, uh, because Epic had kind of fallen under the same category as a lot of these other companies where they were hitting these peaks and to match the, um, output for the peak, uh, that they were experiencing, they had to hire more, um, just like we saw with the hundred thieves, we saw it with, uh, other big companies in esports, and Epic is just the next wave of layoffs. Now, mind yeah. you, this one was huge, so a lot more people talking about it and obviously more impactful for the Fortnite community, but Riot has laid off play, uh, employees not too long ago. I believe Activ Activision did the same thing. While it's not to the same scale of 900 employees, there's layoffs happening all across the board. Yeah, and, and just to you know, kind of touch on it, Tim Sweeney, he, he said it himself in his, his document, right, after uh, the layoffs happened that, you know, he was trying to basically fight the inevitable, right? It's like knowing, hey, we are spending way too much. We're not making enough to um, keep up at this pace. But maybe, just maybe, some glimpse of hope that was uh, inside of him said, if we can weather this a little bit longer, who knows what the next boom could be. And we saw those booms come pretty uh, pretty seasonally, right? The the big announcement of Zero Build, you know, we had we had a nice boom across the Fortnite ecosystem for BR. And then, of course, we're creative launching. But more importantly, the, the margins. I, I like that he hit on the margin difference in profits between what is generated through the BR ecosystem and the creative ecosystem that they've created with the, uh, you know, third-party publishers, basically the UNIs and the devs of the scene being able to build in their game. They weren't generating as much revenue as far as the margin is concerned so it wasn't something they could sustain and now we did see these uh these layoffs happen um svg what do you think this is going to mean for fortnite i mean right now obviously we have this somewhat of a tumultuous relationship between the fortnite community the vocal fortnite community i should call it which is primarily the comp scene which is um continually sh uh, shrinking as as it, it seems at the moment um you know month to month or year to year with more and more creators announcing their retirement if you want to call it that from fortnite comp what do you think this is going to mean for fortnite comp so for competitive i don't really think it's going to change too much i think we've already seen in the letter uh Two employees, Sweeney, talked about how they've been cutting back tournaments and events and marketing and things like that. And really what they had to do was focus on a new economic model. And I think we've seen what that new economic model is with the focus on creative, UEFN, empowering creators, getting people to play and build in Fortnite. Um, 
and I think that's what we'll see. I think we're going to see more of that over the new year. So we did see there was like the FaZe Clan Search and Destroy tournament. There were some other games and tournaments in creative. I would expect to see a lot more of that based on what this statement says is they're really trying to push it. We have the, the CCA tournament going on in uh, the 404 creative map. So I expect comp to maybe get less battle royale and more creative style. We'll see if that actually works. My guess is it wouldn't, but I don't know. I, I think also that we're going to see some significant changes in the way Epic works. And I think over the next couple of days, weeks, months, we'll be hearing from some of these people laid off that are going to give us some insights more to what happened. And I, and I do feel like we've already experienced the, the, scale down right of competitive events i mean it really started to show itself when we started to see that variable prizing season to season remember that when we were like oh look the correlation now they seen more players last season hence they put a little bit more money in the prize pool or vice versa some some regions just straight got cut down so i know that they touched on that in the again in that in that document that was sent internally to all the folks laid off in the in the wider employees at mass but I do feel like that was them, or Tim Sweeney in particular, just touching on the fact that we already made these changes. I don't see them taking it that much further down from what we already see, right? And and mostly because they've had all these years to see the data, and they know the data shows, hey, if big player one becomes popular, all of his fans buy this skin. And and it's a, it's a driving factor. There's no denying that. So... For them to completely remove the resources or support to the competitive ecosystem, I don't really see it happening, but I know it is a concern of a lot of the players in the space. A lot of people are thinking like, bro, next year we're we're not going to have the FNCS at all. Um, I think we will have FNCS. I, uh, I don't see why we wouldn't. Like I said, I think in that in that Tim Sweeney post, it just made it feel like they're saying, oh yeah, we're going to have to cut it down again. But I, I feel like we've already lived through it. Well, and this is one thing I will say. He said that the the purpose of the layoffs were for sustainability, that there would not be another round of layoffs, um, and that this was going to be the sole round of layoffs that should uh, officially create that sustainability. And for the people at home that are wondering how many people in the comp team were affected, it was very few. It was, I think, three employees out of probably like 20 to 30. So um, it was a very small number uh, of uh, competitive-focused employees within the company actually affected by this. Um, and so I, I saw a lot of rumors spewing, like Venno is like, there's no FNCS next year, Tripper and talking and joking about it as well. Like, guys, don't worry. I don't think competitive is going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, I think those guys were all trolls. I don't think they honestly believe what they were putting out. They were just doing it for impressions on Twitter. Um, I do have a couple of things I want to mention. One is I don't care what he says in a message when he lays off people. I've been told that I'm not going to get laid off after a first round of layoffs. And then two months later, I got laid off. You're not going to tell your employees that, oh, actually, we need to continue to cut the fat. So they go look for other jobs. So there is a, still a chance that happens. Um, granted, we don't know that. But at the same time, you know, you got to question some of the decisions. I brought this up on the podcast we did the other day. Some of the decisions that Epic made to fight certain fights that weren't necessary, but they believed and the leadership believed it was necessary. Some of the FTC fines, you have to believe those all played 
a piece in all these people getting laid off and losing their jobs. Granted, Epic did a good job as far as like compensating these people six months uh, of pay as well as healthcare. So shout out to them. They definitely didn't have to do that. But ultimately, you know, it doesn't seem like things are going super well at the company. And I, I hope we see things start to stabilize soon. Yeah, it's crazy. One FTC fine is the equivalent of almost a thousand employees three years worth of work for a thousand employees these are massive massive fines and who knows how much legal litigation costs went into the apple uh debate right or not debate but lawsuit or whatever i don't even know what to call it the legal issues between apple and epic and and you know those findings and whatever else they have going on because again when epic has you know kind of grew to the size that it got to and began shaking the industry truly um changing the way they operate within the space and the way other entities operate within the space i mean you have to assume there are tons of different uh yeah legal conversations happening and and that that is an exuberant amount of cost and yeah we all we all saw that i think for the community it was a a huge huge loss when ios apple fortnite was taken off the market not only the billions of revenue they would drive from that but now the cost to take that battle legally um to the finish line which is what they did and it didn't really end in their favor we all know that i think of the yeah. three findings one was on their side and the other two were against them and the major one being that uh they're not allowed to go back on the app store just because apple says they don't want them there something like that at least the the tldr of it um yeah yeah panda no i i uh it, it's you could point to a bunch of different things and try to assume that like that is the reason x is not happening anymore i know a lot of people immediately uh jump to uefn and the the content payouts being a reason i know a lot of people jump to the the ftc fines there's but there's multitude of reasons right this is not a one layer one reason cause and uh i'll i'll say this now like i've been in businesses where they look super healthy and then behind the books are not healthy and are having issues i mean a good example of this and you can see it publicly look at the state of disney you think disney is too big to fail you'd be wrong especially in recent years and that's why there's talks of Apple acquiring Disney because Disney is in a vulnerable state. So you can never for sure know the, the actual stability of a company or organization that you're working with. Um, and you can never pinpoint one reason or one decision as to why they could ultimately have to do big layoffs or, or fail as a company. So. Well, on that, that topic, is. we did also see another headliner. The head of publishing at Epic Games has decided to announce his exit out of the company as well after working there for eight years. Uh, this is Sergi Galionkin. Um, he put out a pretty interesting post. Now, this was a Twitter tweet, and there's a lot to unravel here. I think he did what we all expected him to do, think the company, you know, um, uh, appreciate his time there, and, of course, give his you know, utmost gratitude towards his involvement and what he was able to contribute to the company. But where it got really interesting 
was towards the bottom. And I want to read this word for word from what he said, and then we can almost decipher and unravel this for, for what it may be. We're going to speculate a little bit here. So again, you guys can go to his Twitter, uh, Galonkin, uh, at, at Galonkin on Twitter, or X, uh, so you guys can see this yourself. But I'm going to jump right into it here. Second paragraph, after he thanks everyone, he goes to say, we launched Fortnite, which later became one of those self-reinforcing cultural phenomena I wrote about just the year prior. We proved that a free-to-play without pay-to-win model can work at scale. We challenged the status quo in with in-game distribution at the 88-12 revenue share. This is his involvement in building the Epic Games store. Then he goes to say, now Epic Games is on its way transforming from a game developer, engine creator, and publisher into a platform. They call this Epic 5.0. He says, I am not a good fit for this new version of Epic as it requires people of a different kind. He plans to remain in the gaming industry and he also hopes that now he can be more vocal since he doesn't have to worry about the PR department knocking on his DMs. Very, very interesting to, to feel the need to say, I can be more vocal now. That clearly shows us there's a, a sense of hostility, I feel like. There's also a sense of a, just a little bit of passive aggressiveness, to me at least, when he says, oh yeah, this new build requires a, a different kind of person. That's not the person that I am. Not like it requires someone with a technological skill set, but like a different kind of person. It just feels like a weird way to say those things. To play devil's advocate real quick, just to the final line, um, if if he really enjoyed his time there, as he said in most of that he did, I think the other piece of like the being vocal would actually be vocal about some of the competition and how they, they treat devs, right? Because you have to remember, like, Epic is a very big company, and they don't like uh, any kind of uh, negative press. So if you're in an executive position like that, and you're outwardly like, Steam sucks, or this, that, and the third, like, <laughs> True. You're, go you're going to get in trouble. So I think that there could be a multitude of, like, or a different layer to the meaning behind that message. Nevertheless, though, uh, lots of big names leaving the company right now on top of layoffs, never a good sign. Yeah, and I think with this statement, like you mentioned, is we've seen most of the Epic employees don't really say much on social media. Um, there was a period in time, I feel like it was, what, like six months ago, it seemed, employees were being more active, and then that kind of cut down, and um, maybe that's just, like, maybe he just wants to be himself and blabber on about, like, whatever he wants to talk about on Twitter. Yeah. Nonetheless, this is a, a weird one for me because someone that's been so vital to the Epic Games Store creating the publishing kind of ecosystem that he did and now saying that he's not the right person for this confuses me because now you have to wonder what is Epic 5.0? He says it's a platform and we can look into that all we want, but I... I don't really know what that's going to become. And I, I hope it's not like another failed attempt at a metaverse because we've seen a lot of people try and do that. And it seems to just like sputter out. Tim Sweeney keeps saying it. And I think Fortnite has done the best job of creating some sort of metaverse, but I'm also very hesitant and scared when people start throwing those words out and the leadership starts walking away at the same time because that means some people don't agree with the decisions being made. I think when he talks about the platform, 
and this has been talked about slightly in the creative conversation is Epic Game Store is going to turn into a digital marketplace and a and a platform for creators to create and sell their digital goods. Um, I think that is what is coming in the next two years, right? And I think a big piece of that will be UEFN, right? You build something in UEFN, you want to sell your mesh or your model to whatever that is. You can just put it up on the store. Now you can sell it for 50 bucks. Everybody that spends 50 bucks now has the rights to use your mesh. Whatever the case may be, I think that could be more like the only inclination I could have as to what, uh, based on what we've heard uh, him meaning by that is that right. But obviously there's a lot of stuff that we haven't heard. And so there could be more influence as to why he said that, but just based on what we know so far, that could be the thought process. And maybe he's, he is more focused on like publishing um, games for other devs and like supporting the dev community as a whole then he is like focusing solely on like creators selling stuff within UEFN and digital goods like that. And one other piece that I just want to mention about this whole thing with the layoffs is the timing of this seems strategic. And I say that because Unreal uh, Fest is going on right now. They laid everyone off last Thursday. And then you go right into a weekend where all you're doing is putting out a ton of press, a ton of news. And we know companies think like this. We know marketing and PR departments understand what goes on. Not only did they do it late in the week, they did it right before. They had a bunch of good press, a bunch of announcements coming through. So that way, it's much harder for people to linger on this and all the layoffs kind of get put down quickly where then the the news for Epic Games and Fortnite now turns to, oh, look at all this cool stuff we're doing at Unreal Fest. Yeah, Twitch does that all the time. Literally drops nuclear uh headline fires they do all types of stuff and then right afterwards oh yeah by the way big head big new feature blah 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 monetary revenue changes they do it all the time um and and yes we are definitely seeing a, a well executed i think timed uh, uh publishing of this uh, this exact scenario as well um i guess i wanted to give my quick thoughts on the head of publishing uh publishing leaving uh, from epic games i will I'll, I'll give him the benefit of doubt he is ukrainian maybe you know his his writing isn't you know exactly the the best right so there is room for interpretation here um but i still i still want to see what his perspectives are especially even if they're good or bad whether it's about epic or if it is about the industry at whole um i've been uh someone who has also been critiqued by epic games just for saying certain things of, of my own personal opinions right not even as they may pertain to the game itself so there is a level of pr that you always have to be cautious with when you work with a major company and i'm sure there is a level of um, yeah, stress that gets relieved when you don't have to worry about those those barriers keeping you in check and your livelihood potentially on the line. Um, but with that, Panda thinks there's going to be a shop to come to the game. I believe that Epic Games is going to turn into more of a platform where they collaborate with, I'll use Halo as an example. We already see the Halo Master Chief skin in game, but what happens if the game was built directly on their engine and then they allow the importing of those assets or those game worlds to be sub-licensed so creators can build in other game worlds, all sub-licensed through what the creative world already is, it's basically dressing it up, saying, hey, look, this is how the engine works. This is how you host the engine in your game. Let your community create. And then they charge a ridiculous fee on top of that. 
It's one thing to have to buy a console to play PlayStation or a console to play Xbox. What if you have to pay Epic to use this creative Unreal world built inside of your game so that folks can build in your game? Now they unlock themselves an incredible, uh, incredibly new and potentially lucrative uh, you know, monetizing avenue and lane. I think that is going to be the future of what could be Epic 5.0, the metaverse, who knows? Um, these are, of course, all speculations. Maybe they haven't even thought of this one. Maybe I just threw a freaking uh, diamond out there. Um, we'll see what ends up coming. We'll see who ends up being correct on that one. Um, but there is, again, a lot of change coming. Donald Muster is no longer there. Now the head of publisher, uh, publishing is also not a part of Epic, alongside all of the, um, the other changes there. Well, it's all gears is up closer and closer to the FNCS. Uh, that is, uh, again, another positive thing on the headlines here last week we did have a lot of uh, i'd say uh bad stuff to say about organizations not being able to be represented uh the loophole being leaked there was there was just all types of what is going on in fortnite how is this gonna how is this gonna fly who signed off on these changes and now we've seen i think after the community was set ablaze some reverts some step backs some changes in direction or maybe there were mistakes made because it does seem like the first loot pool svg that was announced was a complete leak and an accident these are all informational bits that we've actually been seeing shared with from within a private discord that isn't actually supposed to be public so the fact that it's even getting to the players and then the players are sharing it with other big creators who are then blasting it is very telling yeah, so this is something that I believe the players are in a Discord for the up and up and coming, uh, up and coming, incoming uh, global championship. That was wasn't the right word. Any e either way, players are leaking these things to Aussie Antics, Boop, or just sharing them themselves as they come through. And I believe they've been told not to, but hey, you know, you, you send it to one of those guys. Is anyone ever going to know? The first loot pool was announced on September 29th, which just so happens to be the day after all the layoffs were announced at Epic Games. So it almost makes me wonder if there was something going on and maybe somebody else was now in charge of whatever the loot pool announcement was supposed to be, or, you know, there is more work now needed to be done because there was a lot of things that now are put on other people's backs that weren't planned beforehand. Anyway, first loot pool, we had a lot of ridiculous stuff. If you're asking me, it's really weird. We had six shotguns, four DMRs. They had the scoped flip mag assault rifle. They had a lot of weird wordings of things, which just like didn't, makes sense to me and then a ton of utility the shockwave hammer garden shield falcon scout impulse launch pads all that then you know they reel it back in they're like whoa, whoa that was a mistake and now here's the loot pool it's pretty much the exact meta that you guys are playing on this season for tournaments which makes so much more sense but also you got to kind of question why that first one ever got out there yeah, who the who the heck posted that in the Discord or wherever these uh these messages are getting shared? Because uh that that's a big problem having a having these you know these conversations unfold when they shouldn't. Um, it, it really causes a lot of turmoil, if you will. Uh, I did some sleuthing. Uh huh, sleuthing. And okay. so, uh, 
it was it was distributed via rules that were sent to the players. So it wasn't just like a single document of loot pool. It was amongst other things that were sent to the players. And that was the only piece that was incorrect. So it looks like, in my opinion, if I had to guess, that what they did was they had this all done earlier in the year. And and then they changed the way the loot pool worked several times. Because typically, like tournament rules and whatnot, points and all that jazz, don't really change too much. Um, and so they probably had this idea, like we um, we kind of talked about it off camera, but this idea of like blending a bunch of different loop pools throughout the the chapter together to make it like one like interesting all out loop pool, and then they scrapped the idea just to make it more competitive, and they just never got around to swapping it. And then between us, one of the people that is in charge of controlling the rule sets within competitive, that person was laid off. So. Take that with a grain of salt. Um, however, that distribution went, you never know. But that is, it is a very real possibility. Uh, you said between us. You, you know this is a podcast that thousands of people listen to. Uh, just between us, guys. Listen, the podcast <laughs> community is a diehard, uh, tight-knit group of, of Fortnite enjoyers. They don't ever leak. I don't even know at this point. We'll see. We'll see if it ends up leaking out but no uh yeah listen listen uh at the end of the day having having these conversations get leaked or, or these posts get shared all it does is cause problems and confusion at times and that could push people away from the game or you know again open up these conversation and, and create these impressions that won't change right amongst the players um i'm i don't i i can probably count an unlimited amount of times I've seen something and then didn't see the fix. And I was just like left with that negative impression from the first time I saw whatever. And that that's just what I thought about the situation. So um, hopefully it's not too bad. Same thing like we talked about with the Epic changing their mind about having organizations allowing their in-game player names to show the organization alongside their name. Luckily for us, um, this was reverted as of just a couple days ago, but more importantly, they only have until tomorrow as of today's recording to actually have whatever name in game set in stone. Now, if they use their, what's it like 60 days, you get a name change or 30 days or something like that. Every two weeks. If you've already burnt your two week name change request and you don't have one on cycle, well, you will just be 420 lover whatever whatever in game <laughs> that you are at the time so hopefully the players have just enough time to go ahead and make those adjustments so that i don't have to cast over some weird ass name on the finals because there is a rule guys epic makes you read the name on the screen uh Ugwe being my least favorite shout out to my guy chapix um and to add to that right um clicks just signed to an org with no date as to when the announcement will go live but imaginably, if he has to have his name changed by tomorrow, there's a good chance we hear which org he's going to this week. So that'll be interesting to see where he lands. Uh, hoping for uh, a big shift, a big announcement to come alongside that signing because Clicks is just massive. I bet I, bet, I, bet I know who, what team he signed to. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I think so. Who? I, I remember a post. There was a post, right, that, that got put out there that there's some teams expanding into Fortnite again. You know, there's not a lot doing that. I don't think it's... I definitely think Dignitas' roster's all full, right? Other yeah. teams are too small. or backing out the space. But there's one team out there that did say they're looking at coming back into Fortnite. 
and uh, they haven't announced anything. And they seem to be like a team that has some funds and they like the lifestyle slash creator vibe. And Clicks has given that off. So I won't say their name, but I think some folks who've been listening are uh, maybe... Exet. Oh, he's talking about SVG. I was about to say 2 a.m. 2 a.m. <laughs> Yo, what? No, I knew. So I knew, SVG. right? Because we talked about it. Panda, we talked Panda about, is fired, and uh, he doesn't even get paid to be on the podcast. But he's I was fired, and he was misdirect. SVG went straight for it. He's like, "Guess what, guys? I'm gonna say the real thing." Exit. No, yeah, seriously. I think I think it's Exit. I think Exit has been talking about jumping into the space. They've um, keenly expressed their interest in some of the creative side and more lifestyle creators. Clicks has built his own successful brand doing exactly that, especially ever since he joined the Vaynerchuk like media team, right? And he has some of that representation, I think, coming out of who's it? Is it Darren Glover who watches over Booga's socials? And is he doing Yeah, he's the manager. Is he doing stuff with Clicks as well, right? believe so I, I believe he is also helping or supporting in some some capacity there so ever since he's kind of gone down that route I, i've seen a, a noticeable shift in his branding and building more of a business behind his mega name and we love to see that well i think it's phase that's my dude, guess dude phase imagine a phase return bro clicks well, is, is part owner what phase is in with epic whale wait and so what? imagine you didn't know Epic Whale signed a face. Why didn't we announce this? Hold up, hold up, hold up. This was Gamers 8. Yeah, this we was did talk ago. about it. Oh, okay. remember he okay. ripped yeah, off the yeah, shirt yeah, and yeah, the jersey? Right. Okay. Yes, I remember that. But Faze I thought loves to make bad financial decisions, <laughs> and signing clicks would be a great bad financial decision. No, I thought I thought we all knew that Gamers 8, the you know, phase uh Epic Whale thing was just like Epic Whale was a safe bet to make a piece of that org potential pot, and it was gonna be a short-term contract. I didn't think we thought it was like he's locked in long-term investing, but maybe they are. I mean, they just no, they... did the Monaco Cup, they got scammed. Remember SPG? We talked about that <laughs> last week. <laughs> uh, no comment. Um, but anyway, Wait, Panda, Panda, uh, did you get to listen no, to our thoughts on that one? I didn't. Okay, know. okay. I'll give you. Thoughts, but <laughs> I'll give you the TLDR. Me and mm -hmm. SPG went down a rabbit's hole. Again, hypotheticals. That what if, what if someone impersonated uh, someone from Phase and reached out to Monaco and made them believe that. Phase, a primarily U.S.-based organization, thought it was a fantastic idea to host an EU tournament with them and be their title sponsor for whatever godforsaken reason. Because what do they they stand to gain with the French community? But anyways, now they're no there. It's absolutely hilarious. There's a lot of references to the last episode. I mean, SVG had a really good time. Go check it out. And just a one... side note, Epic Whale's contract is extended contract. I've known that since day one. Wow. I, I don't want to say too much, but Dang. it oh. is an extended contract. Cat, cat's out the bag. Um, but FaZe did retweet that Monaco tournament because I went back just to like double check <laughs> to, to see sure. if that whole ridiculous conversation we had <laughs> oh, was even man. real. It was not. We, we made all that up, yeah, but uh, yeah. it was fun. I enjoyed that. It was fun. It was a fun theory craft. So they did tweet it. There it is. Uh, shout out to SVG doing the homework. I did not. I was willing to let you guys believe they were scammed but uh good i'm happy i'm happy for them we'll see what happens of it um dang what if it is phase that could be a thing now that'd be, that'd yeah, be interesting. and they, well and they just dropped their creative map too imagine the powerhouse of clicks mm. and and epic whale promoting this this uh phase you know, you know like what I, i'm map. a believer i'm a believer well there's options out there that's good to know we need more uh org representation inside of fortnite so let's see uh what what all comes from it
Oh, we didn't put this on the notes, but maybe we could save this for next week as we are nearing uh, you know, our, our limits a bit, but we could maybe touch on this. Reno stepping away from Becoming Legends and giving oh, yeah. away all of the creative direction to... I didn't realize he wasn't the full owner of the company. I thought that maybe he was the sole owner, but it seems like he has given the company reins away to either his investors or whatever co-partners that he had launched a company with. And he goes on to claim, Panda, I think that they had like creative differences in where he wanted to take the business and where they wanted to. And this kind of sucks because they built one of the most successful uh, rosters that we've ever seen compete under a Fortnite umbrella. And then they were planning on doing it again with the signing of Mixon and you know the remainder of, of their team. What's it? Uh, Vanny and the others. Uh, yeah, Vanyak and Carmi. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and Mixon. But no, so uh, just to give a little bit more context, yes, Become Legends, I, I guess, is still around. It's hard to tell because like Become Legends hasn't really spoke too much on it. But Reno did announce that after four years, he's given up his ownership because uh, it doesn't align with the their quote-unquote vision moving forward. And it doesn't look like he had enough control to be able to like keep that, that set vision that he had alive. What do you think that means? Um, honestly, they could be focused on creators and he wants to focus on comp. Like, because if you ever notice, like his focus has always been the competitive players and building up and building stories around the competitive players, which is viable, but obviously the most, uh, the, I don't want to say most, but like the easiest uh, org format now is creator focused. Um, very much like, have creator owners and and do things around uh the creators and and creative it's easier to do that than it is than to build individual stories around players nevertheless though reno is working on a new project and and a new company so i fully expect to see him involved in fortnite again uh he even says it there he says uh um, he wants to use his creative expertise and knowledge to the fullest and hopes to work with several of you in the Fortnite space again. So he's I wonder, not I wonder going if he's going to do more personal branding, talent management to just really build up a select few and then take them to the next level, like where he sees the true potential. Because you can do that. You can literally do what he did with Become Legends without needing to call it a work. Just build player, build dope stories, focus in on one, two, and three. Right? Like you just become your own literal personal brand. Almost like that guy Sesso. He's a he's a he's a graphic guy, right? He came primarily Love that guy. grew to prominence through his involvement in Hunter Thieves and but he built his own personal brand. And I was like, dude, whatever Sesso creates, like people want to know, right? It's not really that he creates for that company. It's like what is he good at? Um Reno is a creative. He edits all the videos, he filmed all the videos, like he really put in all that effort. So it is very, very cool to see that. I hope he doesn't launch a new org. I really hope he does something different. And I think I want to see him focus in on a select few, the elite few that he thinks has it, and then takes them to that next level. I think you could do it without tying it to org. So we just saw 50 put out a tweet about starting a new project. Do you mm. think those two could be working together? Hard to say. I think 50 is an undervalued, underappreciated, underpaid um, person that doesn't get maybe what he deserves from even Team Dignitas with all the money that they have poured into the space. Um, and I think 50 is trying to do something separate that is his that he can take, I think, more ownership of, if I had to guess. I don't think it's tied to Reno because um, Reno is, again, EU, 50's NA. 
Reno really does seem like a hands-on person. Like he flies the dudes out to his cabin, you know, back home type vibe. He wants to really be there. Um, unless Reno's crazy project is like, I'm coming to NA, baby. And then he's here and he's doing, well, who knows? No, I think, I think they're two different things. Okay. Sorry to sidetrack you. I just, those both came to mind and like, they're both people that have created big, successful things. Mm -hmm. And maybe those two coming together is what's next for both of them. Yeah, very valid, very valid. Talking about big things coming, guys, I have a huge announcement. October 25th, go to Twitter, turn on notifications. Uh, I got some cool stuff I'm working on. But um, anyways, guys, we're approaching the, uh, the tail end of uh, this episode. A lot of stuff we covered here. A couple quick hits. Um, FNC Community Cup is coming around, FNCS Community Cup. Skins, viewer drops, all that good stuff surrounding FNCS is going to be happening here soon. Go check out the Fortnite.com slash competitive news around FNCS and what is going to be released to y'all. There's some really cool skins, especially some backblings and whatnot you can earn for free. There are new changes to creatives IARC ratings, basically making it so that when you create a map, you have to submit a rating, whether it's E for everyone, T for teen, or are for uh rated i don't know violent whatever something like that some serious <laughs> stuff but uh, make sure y'all take a look at that as y'all start uh jumping in and, and start filtering about um and then of course there was a big shout out from the unreal fest and they talked about how they paid out 120 million dollars to publishers on the creative ecosystem so very cool to see them supporting this space the last thing I want to hit on here, and we can all talk about this and maybe speculate a little bit, is that SBG DreamHack has seemingly been leaked to have a Fortnite component to it over at DreamHack Atlanta. And this is all coming from Face It Duran, who always tweets that he needs workers for some Fortnite event or another around DreamHack's times. Yeah, so Face It Duran on Twitter is the director of Collegiate ESL Face It Group. So last, I believe his last DreamHack Atlanta, he put out a tweet before it was officially announced. I think a day or two later, DreamHack Atlanta was officially announced. So kind of that same thing. Earlier today, speaking of DreamHack, hiring for Fortnite admins. If anyone wants to work at DreamHack in Atlanta, please apply, blah, blah, blah. And then he, he put another tweet just so we didn't totally catch on. By the way, I am confirming nothing. So obviously that doesn't mean there's a Fortnite event, but anyone that <laughs> understands what's going on, if you're hiring people for a Fortnite event, there's going to be a Fortnite event. Um, and I think we all expected that. It's just now it is quasi-official waiting for the official announcement. I'm going to be honest with you. That is an announcement. That is the Why, announcement. He's not going to be tweeting about that if if it wasn't the case. But no, it, it I I do see. I actually pulled up the tweet again, and when I first saw it, there wasn't a lot of like traction to it. Now though, you got Manu under there, you got Lacey under there. There's a lot more attention uh, looking his way, probably more than Duran was hoping for. Um, nevertheless, though, it, did you retweet it or something? Yeah, I shared it saying looks like DreamHack Atlanta is yeah. happening, and then a minute later, Manu comments. He's like, "Yo." Let me admin that thing. So I'm um, <laughs> oh, not going to say that I did it, but I think I'm the one that, that did that. SVG out here uh, giving them all the clout that they kind of wanted to not have on them. So we'll see. Bro, don't put it on social <laughs> that, media. That is true. You don't want it known. Come on. At least use LinkedIn. You know, it's harder to find. All right. 
Twitter, Twitter is where yeah. all the all the eyeballs are. It's uh, it's too easy. But, anyways, uh, it, it seems pretty clear that DreamHack is now officially leaked. Whether they, uh, you know, wanted it to be out there or not, um, now it's just a matter of how much pricing do we think we're gonna see? Is it gonna be a ten thousand dollar event? Is it gonna be a twenty five thousand dollar event? It's gonna be something big. Um, I don't see anything too big. I think we'll see maybe big DreamHack announcements come in the year of 2024, kind of how we saw this year, possibly tying it to the next Gamers 8. I just don't see how you host the Gamers 8 with that much money and literally not bring it back. And uh, Gamers 8 only just finished, like not too long ago. We probably should have figured out the exact conclusion date, but that was like a long, long festive tournament um, going well beyond just the gaming segments and you know rainbow six siege and fortnite and rocket league etc um it really had a lot tied to it so um yeah maybe maybe we'll cover that next week and give you guys definitive results and all that stuff from gamers 8 i don't even know what org got the big chunky payout unless we cover that but there was there was some cool stuff there yeah so i have no idea we'll, i'm we'll, actually curious we'll conclude those loops ever yeah did they even publicly... announce that ao alg8 who you owe money to we're gonna have to find out. Do they even give the the big cash prizing away? Um, I know Cammy's or Gaming Get Gladiators was up there. I don't know if they got first. It was Twisted Minds. Ah, uh, well, well, there you go. Which, uh, if you don't know, Twisted Minds is actually, I think it's a Saudi-based team. No, nah, that's rigged. That's crazy. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen, no, they they did have they had um. Uh, what was it? Cammy's teammate. And in in the Fortnite event alone, they had like three of the top five, like our players in three of the top five teams. Twisted. Yeah. Sick. Sick. Okay. Well, maybe it was. So, we'll so to, 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 to be fair, it. they probably did earn it, but but the player base was also heavily stacked Saudi. So we'll see. We'll see if anything makes sense there. Well, either way, guys, we'll give you guys the mics to go ahead and sign off and let the people at home know where they can find you. Um, Pando, we'll start with you, man. You already know twitter.com x.com slash life w panda this week's video is going to be about how to make the most of global championship as a player creator and spectator so you're definitely going to want to check out that video it comes out friday most likely pending no delays <laughs> so definitely definitely check that out um i think it's going to be a good watch for the community all the videos have been doing very very well i'm, I'm super pleased with them um so yeah make sure to check it out all um, on twitter sbg where can the people find you yeah, definitely recommend Panda's videos on Twitter or X. Uh, they're good, good topics, good conversation that goes on in those comments as well. Uh, you can find me at Somebody's Gun. I plan to put out my first creative map, um, yeah. hopefully by the end of this week, as long as um, things don't happen, which could happen any day now. And, you know, the other thing is the FN Story podcast is continuing to roll. We had Queasy and Bizzle on there last week. Um and then I plan to do an FNCS Global Championship preview, which you all seem to like last year. Do that again, and that's uh, all I got, my my friends. Yeah, heck yeah, heck yeah. And guys, like I mentioned, there is a big announcement coming from myself October 25th. That's just a couple of weeks away, three weeks as of this recording, which I'll be publishing right now. If you made it this far, thank you, and we appreciate your support. Uh, don't forget, you can send all your complaints to me at the Fortnite Podcast at gmail.com or at Monster D Face. And until next time, don't forget to dance out those kills and boast in those victory Peace, y'all.